Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, I had to go get my knee x-rayed this morning. Ooh, how did that go? It turned me into a giant. <laughs> All my hair fell out and I started growing exponentially. Wow. Ooh. But, uh... Somebody hit me with a second dose and I went back to normal. So, <laughs> Wow. Did you put on a diaper and throw a huge fit? I d- it didn't get quite that big. Oh, good. Okay. So uh, they caught it before I got to the diaper <laughs> made out of a sheet <laughs> sized. Uh, but today <laughs> we are not discussing the amazing colossal crybaby. We are discussing the Mysterians. Mysterians. I actually didn't uh, know before we like got into this, or before I started watching mm-hmm. it, that this was another Japanese film. Oh, yeah. I was. Well, I that... had no idea. I was so excited. <laughs> well, I mean, the first scene is very Japanese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like I like started watching it, and I was like, I was like, oh shit, hell yeah. Then yeah. it made me excited for the movie. I was like, this is going to be good. Oh, good. So it's from 1957, and it's in color. Uh, an hour and 28 minutes, directed by Shiro Honda, our old buddy from Godzilla and such. Shout out. I don't have a budget, and apparently it's kind of ambiguous, but Honda says it costs more than Godzilla and Rodan. I don't know if that means more than both of them together wow. or just more than either of them cost, but it made 193 million yen in Japan, but only $50,000 when it was released in the US. Which is horseshit. Yeah. I thought it was so good. So this movie has a kaiju in it a giant robot, but it's not really about that. Yeah. But I went ahead and put it on the list anyway because it's uh, an Ashiro Honda movie, a, a Toho movie. And we do get like a whole whopping like two minutes of huge robot bug. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, he kind of shows up again at the end, but nobody really talks about it. <laughs> but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, but, it, you know, it's part of Honda's development as a genre director. And uh, so I wanted to include it. It's what they call a tokusatsu movie, which is basically science fiction. So, oh, okay. so I mean, kaiju movies generally fall in that category as well, but sure. that includes things generally. that aren't kaiju movies. And it stars several people that we have seen before. Yeah. Kenji Sahara plays Joji Asumi. He was the star of Rodan and had a bit part as guy on the party boat in Godzilla. <laughs> Yumi Shirazawa, known as the Japanese Grace Kelly, was also in Rodan. Uh, she is playing his girlfriend again. Akahiko Hirata plays Ryoshi Shirishi. Mm-hmm. He was the scientist in Godzilla, the younger 
scientist with the eye patch. And Momoko Kochi was Emiko in Godzilla. And Tashi Shimura was the uh, doctor, was her father in Godzilla, the main scientist, the the older scientist in Godzilla. Mm. Obviously, Honda likes using a lot of the same people over again, but Kenji Sahara in particular, he is in more Godzilla and Godzilla-related movies than anybody else. So that was nice to see all of those people again. Of course, none of them playing the same character at all. Well, uh, Shirashi is still a scientist. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, uh, because uh, what's just like not playing the same Momoko, actual character. Momoko will literally play the same character years later. She will be back as Emiko. Oh, okay. years years later. But I don't think Kenji ever plays Sahara ever plays the same character again. Even though he's in more of these movies than anybody. There's one lady we'll get to years from now. Who is who does play the same character in several Godzilla movies? So she's kind of interesting. I think she's appeared as the same character in more movies. So you enjoyed this movie, yeah? Yeah, I was kind of confused. Like at some point in the movie, I'm like, "How is this a kaiju movie?" But I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, it's the robot bug yeah. in the beginning." <laughs> yeah. But but I thought like as far it's like so good as far as like science fictiony storyline. Of course, there were things where I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but it was like at, overall like it was good. It was as good as for me personally. Like I remember when we watched Godzilla Raids again, mm-hmm. and that was like so good compared to everything that we had watched. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla too, but then the American version kind of like I don't know, fucked that up for me a little bit. <laughs> but um, but then like this movie is kind of on that level for mm-hmm. me as far as like how good it was. The action it kept it like keeps you. There's so many times where you're like, what? You know, like the storyline is good. Well, then I'm glad we decided to put it on the list, even though it just barely. Yeah, me too. Meets our criteria. We quickly go to a festival and I noticed everybody is in traditional garb except Ryochi. Oh, I didn't know. He's wearing modern clothes and everybody else is wearing traditional Japanese clothes as part of the festival. I get the impression some of these people, it's a little village. So some of them probably Mm -hmm. dress like that most of the time anyway. But I think they purposely dressed him in modern clothes to distance him from everybody to show Mm -hmm. he's an outsider. Even though we learn in a minute he plans to stay in this village, he is kind of there as an outsider. And we find out that Joji and uh, Etsuko is uh, Hiroko's sister. No, Ryochi, mm-hmm. Ryochi's sister. Etsuko Sarashi, Sarishi, and Ryochi, they are brother and sister. And Joji appears to be dating Etsuko. And Ryochi mm-hmm. was engaged to Hiroko, but he has broken it off for some reason. And he doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So Joji's like, why don't you dance? Everybody's dancing. He says, why don't you dance with Hiroko? And he just walks away. And that poor, poor girl just looks heartbroken. <laughs> Can't win them all. So I wrote awkward. <laughs> and I also wrote WTF, man. Because, <laughs> well, Joji follows him and basically has a what the fuck, man conversation. Why'd you break the engagement? And he says, uh, I can't say. And he never does say. He never really gives any explanation. But he's staying here. He's a little drama. Yeah, he's staying here. And we find out that he is an astronomer. 
because it seemed mm-hmm. uh, Joji seems to think it's a strange place for an astronomer to set up camp. Right. And suddenly there's a forest fire and the, the festival stops and the guy starts ringing the bell and Ryochi runs towards the fire and a gun, a bunch of guys on bicycles start riding towards the fire too. I don't know what they think they're going to do. I know. And I, <laughs> And they're even like, this is our village. Yeah. Like, as if they're going to fight the fire in the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to do some karate on it or something. I don't know. Because yeah. they don't have, they don't even have buckets. And it does right. look like the fire's on the other side of the lake from the village. So, I mean, it could spread around the lake, but for the moment, <laughs> they've got some distance. It is a rager, yeah. too. It is a raging fire. Oh, I also want to say real quick while we're still in the beginning of this. That this movie was very nicely dubbed, you know, uh-huh. like I feel like we've seen some weird shit yeah. in the past, Yeah. but this was really good. And if you, if you weren't looking, like if I was like walking around, it was very like anime. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like how the people, like, you know what I mean, right? Like how they're just like so much acting in like one word or something. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. It was it was really good, though. I loved it. OK, keep going. Raging Forest Fire. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'll say the the dubbing. I couldn't find out any details about it, but I did notice it, too, in that it seemed sort of modern. I didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't notice any. When you watch a lot of these movies uh, and, and you notice it a lot in kung fu movies, you tend to start hearing the same voices mm-hmm. as the dubbed actors. And I didn't feel like I'd heard any of these people before. So it just, yeah, it, it was really good. It felt, it, I just, it, I loved it. There were certain voices with like certain people that made me laugh hysterically. I'm like, what? There were a couple of like, like country accents. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. They were terrible, but it was, I don't know if that was done on purpose to indicate that this person is the, the Japanese equivalent of a country bumpkin or if it was just that's the guy they got. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know either, but yeah, it was very, it was way better than anything else that we've seen that's dubbed, I would say. But the uh, the bicycle guys stumble across uh, Sarichi and seem scared by him at first, but then they're yelling about how we got to do it. We got to go fight the fire. And there's something strange. Oh, I wrote something strange about fire and accents. <laughs> yeah. And then surrounded help. Are they surrounded by the fire? Yes. Yeah, the fire ends up like surrounding yeah. them. And they can't and, get out. Uh, Sirachi, I can't. I don't know how his name is pronounced. Shirashi. Shirashi. Yes, it's it spelled uh, Shiraishi, but I think they were just saying Shirashi. Shirashi. Yeah. But he just sort of, I don't know, stares at the fire. And then uh, we cut to morning at the observatory, and Joji and Doctor Adachi have given up on Sirachi. Yeah, they're like, he's dead? It seems like it, yeah. It seems like he's disappeared in the fire. And they, uh-huh. um, But also they're talking about his paper on the mysterious, his Mysterioid paper. Oh, yeah. The and then they stars. bizarrely refer to asteroids as stars because they're clearly mm-hmm. talking about asteroids and about the asteroid belts between Mars and Jupiter, but they refer to them as stars and as the mysteroid, which has oid like asteroid right in the name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But they yeah. refer to it as a strange star, a mysterious star, and how Sirachi did not finish the report, which is unlike him. And Hiroko is there too. She 
seems to be acting as like a secretary or something. Uh, the university calls something about Fuji, Mount Fuji, and ha- what's hands tied where Sirachi was? Police? Once again, <laughs> once again, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot read my own writing. <laughs> Uh, but I think it has something to do with the where where uh, Sarishi was last seen, and the police are there. And then we cut to Joji in a car with either army guys or police guys. It's sometimes hard in these movies to tell the army from the police because they seem to have very similar uniforms. Mm-hmm. I think it's confirmed later that they are the police. Yeah. And oh, landslide! That's <laughs> oh, severe landslide. Look like I wrote hands tied. I wrote landslide. <laughs> the university calls to tell them there was a landslide, and it's in the same area where Sarishi was. And we actually get to see a little bit of the landslide yeah. and all of the toys. Yes. <laughs> they speculate that it could have been done on purpose. Purpose, yeah. That they they detect like radioactivity, and so they're thinking that it might have been done on purpose, mm-hmm. and not even a dog survived. Yeah, and a bunch of guys standing around looking at a crevice for the pumas, and <laughs> like you do, cut up people pumas in the crevices. There's but there's no reading on the Geiger counter, which is odd because I think you almost always get some kind of reading, just a background reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Because there's always background radiation everywhere all the time. And it's got no reading whatsoever. And so maybe something sucked up all the radiation, absorbed it. And they're talking about this is where the shrine, if if this is where the shrine was, then the village should be over that way. And it should be okay, but they're not sure. It might be intact. And the readings yesterday, there was radiation yesterday in the readings, but there's none now. So that's weird. Mm-hmm. And they talk about if Sarashi died. Yeah. And going to see the barn area, burn area. They're going to go see the area that burned up and there's a bunch of dead fish. And let's investigate. And when they drive off to investigate, the tires of their Jeep start smoking. Mm-hmm. And they get out and check and the ground is hot and radioactive. And then there's then they in the distance, they see some smoke or some dust yeah and it turns out it then there's a rock slide and a giant ass robot comes up out of the ground and a robot bug yeah. he does have a very he has a very bug-like face although his nose i think is actually a drill but we don't see him use it until the end he maybe he drilled up I from think underground what makes him look like a bug too is he has like antennae antennae yes and, making like dial-up sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Is he making a modem, <laughs> dial-up modem yeah. sounds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something I read it says the robot is called, oh yeah, Wikipedia says the robot is called Mogira. But I don't remember anybody actually referring oh. to it as that in the movie. Me either. No, I just called him Roby because it was a robot bug. <laughs> and what he shoots like what out of his eyes, like lasers or fire or something? Uh yeah, he's got some kind of eye beams. I'm looking at Mogira. I'm looking at Mogira here. It claims that he shows up. Oh. Okay. I think this robot just looks like a different robot from the Godzilla movies. So they've attached Oh, okay. 
Yeah, it's a very thick. Uh, that was my other thing. Mo Gear is very thick. He's got those big old thighs. Oh, he's got those big old oh, thighs. He's a thick ass boy. So this other robot from Godzilla versus Space Godzilla does have a very similar drill nose and big old oh, big old thighs. Okay. And <laughs> there's some things we're going to see in some other movies that will then show up like in a different form in later Godzilla movies. So I think they recycle a bunch of this stuff. Hell yeah. Reduce, reuse, recycle, <laughs> Re- thick thighs, recycle, recycle your kaiju. <laughs> anyway, the robot comes out. Thick boy, I wrote. <laughs> Destroys the Jeep and I-beams with I-beams, but not beams. They're more like energy blobs. Yeah. It's not a steady line beam. It's like, like these, little, these little blobs of energy that come out. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And at HQ, they talk about guns have no effect. Yeah, I love the. So they start spraying it with water. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, makes, it makes sense. It really does, because he breathes fire, and he looks like a right. robot. Like, water makes sense to me. Right, and I, I've watched this, like, twice. And the first time I thought they were tagging with hoses. Then the second time I thought, well, maybe they're they're putting out the fire, and then they're kind of like, well, as long as we're here, let's hose him down and see if that does any good. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. I, wrote, I was like, realistic, okay. <laughs> I wrote phone at the plant, I don't know, and then robot tears up power lines. <laughs> and there's a weird thing with Etsuko is in the bath and sees the robot out. Yeah. He does not do a Kong and come look at her through the window, but she sees him out the window. Yeah. And at this point, we also realize that he has like back spikes yeah. too, which I thought was a good little uh, yeah. addition. So Joji calls her out of the bath and I guess like, you know, let's get out of here. There's a big ass robot. And she's like, yeah, I just saw him through yeah. the window. HQ again, no contact with uh, something. Uh, I don't know, with, with G-O-A? I have no idea. <laughs> well, the next thing I have written down is lots of big automatic weapons, and then that the gun footage that they use is just like a piece of footage that's like, like maybe like five or six seconds long, and then it's just like on oh, a yeah. loop. They just like <laughs> use the same footage just like on a loop over and over and over and and there's this really weird moment in the edit of like from the guy loading uh-huh. the weapon to where it goes off where he's like there he's kind of in different spots <laughs> and so you could tell that it was like just you talking about the, like the big cannon gun that they have to load I from think the back so. yeah yeah okay. uh-huh. well there's a uh evacuation is it, is this meant to say radio? I don't know. The They need to evacuate and try to protect the town. And there's panic in the streets. And they're telling everyone to evacuate at the bridge, to the bridge. And fires and firefighters hose the robot. And he energy blobs the fire truck. And Joji and uh, what's her name? His girlfriend, Etsuko. Oh, Ca- casually evacuate. Yeah, they just stop in the middle of the yeah. fucking bridge and have a yeah. deep conversation. There's people like yeah, they're just, they're just kind of holding hands and strolling along and like, oh, maybe we should uh, evacuate now. <laughs> uh, lots of running around and bang bang. Uh, please hurry across the bridge. The the guy on the PA is saying it's a line of defense. And uh, what something about the. Something about the toys. 
toys. I Barry, love this. Toys. It's one of my favorite things about these movies. It's like the destroy. It makes me just want to like get a bunch of toy villages together and smash them. Uh, we should we should do a video of that. We should. It looks so fun. Fifty foot honeybee tears shit up yeah and then there's uh burning toys that's what i wrote burning toys ufos three ufos come in the and there's more shooting and they try attacking the robot with a flamethrower and i thought the flames looked out of proportion like the the flames coming out of the actual flamethrower when you cut to the flames uh, shooting at the actual robot, look much bigger. (laughs) Which which they would, because, I mean, that's just a consequence of using a guy in a suit. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't make a little teeny tiny mini flamethrower, so the flames end up looking (laughs) much bigger than they ought to. And then they, as the robot heads to the bridge we find out what they mean by a line of defense because everybody gets across the bridge and then they just blow it and the robot falls into the crevice and that's it it's done <laughs> easiest kaiju takedown ever yeah and within the first 15 minutes yeah. of the movie uh, that they uh, have no idea who made it or why and they speculate it came from outer space yeah they they have a fragment of from it and they find out that it's that he wasn't alive, that it was just controlled by someone. And this is this is where I wrote, ooh, this is getting good. But they, they seem a little surprised. They're announcing, uh, yeah, wasn't alive, it was just a robot. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously it was a robot. Did you think it was a creature? I mean, sh- I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe, I mean... It was, uh, you know, when machines attack, robot, have you, you know, I mean, maybe they just thought that was yeah, the alien itself. Maybe. So at the observatory, the um, Joe, Joe G, I'm not clear at all what his job actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really Ryochi, not sure either. Ryochi He's is like... a, an astronomer and Dr. Adachi is also some kind of astronomer, but I don't know what Joji's job is he's just there all the time because of philo but they are at the observatory and talking about just as uh, shirashi reported report stated his report stated there is activity on the dark side of the moon how how can they know if there's activity on the they see they see like the little uh ufos going back there when people say the dark side of the moon, what they really mean is the far side of the moon. And because both sides are dark, depending on what time of the month it is. But if there's activity on the far <laughs> side of the moon, they can't see it. But then we do see these UFOs kind of come around the corner uh, mm-hmm. and they take some pictures. And then they're speaking. They're the, the uh, this is this surprised me. They're like, hello, humans. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh my gosh, they're actually going to talk yes. to us. So they, oh, but they're looking at the picture before the aliens just start yelling at everybody. Uh, they're looking at the pictures, <laughs> and Shirashi claims moon to spaceship and spaceship to Earth forays are taking place. And Joji says he heard Shirashi's sister say that near Fuji. 
And I'm like, well, why are you just now bringing this up? Why? <laughs> why didn't you mention this earlier? And he says, a scientist has to be sure. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have been worth mentioning the possibility of that, even if he weren't sure. Yeah, the, the sheer disappointment on that guy's face when yeah. he says that. Like, the guy sits down and, like, just looks in his face, like, basically, like, well, you just fucked this kid. <laughs> like, he just doesn't even know what to say back to him. It's yeah. just, like, the sheer disappointment. I was like, oh, man. Um, the, so they, they're going to be making a report. A, they're going to make the report public tomorrow. And then we cut to a newspaper that presumably has a headline about this report, but the movie has not bothered to translate it for us. So we don't know what the newspaper says. <laughs> and then uh, we cut to some soldiers and I wrote Japanese Colonel Sanders, Aww, which is do it's Dr. Adachi, but he's dressed up like he's doing some Colonel Sanders cosplay <laughs> and Joji and the police. And they Shirashi hypothesized that the lake was a staging area for the flying objects when the fish mm -hmm. disappeared and sometimes there was a column of water there and then they're then they're like what they just seem to be out there looking around at shit for no reason but then what's that dirt churning up again and it looks like uh -huh. uh, yeah it looks like dirt is churning up a huge boob yeah. Uh, yeah a big dome rises up out of the out of the ground a big single white <laughs> boob rises up out of the ground. And this is where the uh, aliens just make an announcement that we want to negotiate with the following five individuals. And they start naming a scientists who all just happen to be there. And they're like, how do they know us? Uh, they don't really, these scientists, I don't think, really have any authority to, to negotiate. But yeah. the aliens have demanded to see them. And then the scientists recreate the approach to Emerald City shot from from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. What's weird for me in this scene, though, is like how they're like, we want these five people. And they're like, oh, no, we shouldn't. And the other guy's like, yeah, it's fine. They're not going to do anything to us. They said yeah. that they won't. And I'm like, yeah, after they sent the destructive death robot? Like, how are you just like, okay with they this? They say, uh, can you assure us that our people will not come to any harm? And they say... You have no need to worry or something like that. I'm like, that's not exactly an answer. The answer should have been, yes, we assure you they will not be harmed. He's like, you have no need to worry. We just killed <laughs> several yeah. people and destroyed a lot of shit. But don't worry, we're good guys. And the one scientist is like, yeah, you heard it. They're good <laughs> yeah. guys. Killed Let's a bunch go. Of fish too. Yeah. Weird. As they're entering the dome, through just sort of passing through the wall, the voice tells them mm -hmm. it's cold inside, so please wear a cape. And then we see them in the curved white hallways, all wearing gray capes that they've. <laughs> it, it, is, it was almost like um, it, it, I've never seen this in real life, but in some move in movies, a restaurant where you have to wear a, a dinner jacket. And so they'll loan you one if you show up without one. It's oh, like, weird. oh, you've never I seen that. Never well, heard often that. it's played for humor no. in that the guy ends up wearing some hideous checkered jacket because the loner, the loner is just oh, some shit. ugly, terrible jacket. While everybody else at the table is looking, wah, is looking wah. very classy. 
there in a horrible loud blazer. But it just seemed kind of like, oh, capes are required inside. We'll give you these gray visitors capes. Because the actual, because the Mysterians are wearing very colorful capes, but the scientists get all the these. Well, yeah, the scientists are greeted by a Power Ranger in a cape. Uh, A yellow guy, a yellow guy in a, a guy in yellow bug helmet and a, and a, and some kind of (laughs) sparring belt, some kind of really thick belt that a boxer would wear to practice. Yeah, uh, kind of like, looks like a yeah. corset, honestly. And they enter a very high-tech looking break room where there's more yellow guys and a red guy uh, who enter. And they're pleased to meet the uh, these five scientists of Earth. I was a little disappointed that the um, Mysterians, like the aliens, were just humans in costumes. Like, I mean, like, obviously they're humans in costumes, but I mean, like, I I was hoping they would look more... Oh, like, yeah, they didn't do, they didn't do after anything. The, after the well, time. I mean, they keep their helmets yeah. on the whole time, but yeah, we don't... Uh, well, you're going to get that a lot in these movies. The aliens just look like humans. Mm-hmm. They don't even bother pointing their ears or painting them green or <laughs> anything like that. They just look like... They mm-hmm. not only look like humans, they look like humans from Japan. So... <laughs> yeah. which you don't notice when that happens in your own movies that the aliens all look like humans from america but it, right. uh, you realize how ridiculous it is when you see it in a foreign movie i am very pleased to be able to meet with you five scientists of the earth Unfortunately, I can't say the same about you. We're not very pleased about what you've done to the Earth. It was merely a small sacrifice to avoid a great war. You consider that a small sacrifice? If you Earthlings had discovered our existence on your own, you would have attacked us promptly and without reason. So we wished to demonstrate the power of our science beforehand and demonstrate your utter helplessness. Except that we took that fucking robot down. So they didn't really show that we were utterly helpless. Yeah, I thought it was very smart of these aliens to be like, this is like, don't fuck with us. This is what we're doing. They're like, they're like the bully, uh, you know, like I, I'm big and bad. Don't fuck attack with the me. biggest guy in the prison but, as soon as they get there. Yeah. But it didn't work though, because they, they're, yeah. their creature went down. So I think their plan failed right? and it's going to continue to fail, but they t- say they're from the mysterioid, uh, from the mysterious planet that must have vanished long ago. Uh, I think they're talking about the, um, it's been theorized that the asteroid belt is the remnants of a planet that was once there. And they're telling us that that is the case. And it was destroyed in an atomic civil war a hundred thousand years ago. But some of our ancestors left before the war and relocated to Mars. So they are actually descendants of a mysterioid outpost, I guess, on Mars. There's this conversation here too, where, they're talking about how the uh, humans are selling land on Mars yes. and it's not like theirs to sell. And I'm like, is this a 
thing? Like, how? What? Like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise what? me if somebody was doing that. Yeah, it wouldn't you surprise can me. Buy a star and have it named for someone, except you can't really. Yeah, I actually have a star that's named after me. The thing is, the you know, when the astronomers and the scientists are discussing that star, they are not they are not referring mm-hmm. it to it as honeybee's star. That's <laughs> sure, but I am. And that's all that matters. It was a very romantic birthday gift. So, you okay. Know, well, whatever. enjoy that along with your lot of land <laughs> on Mars. Uh, Thank you. They say something about science has no boundaries and help us stop the military from attacking. And you're landing satellites on launching satellites, and you'll be on the moon soon. And people are selling land on Mars. Yeah, let us fuck your women. Yes, so they they want a three kilometer radius area of land and the right to freely marry Earth women. And I, th- what they seem to mean by freely marry, is we get to pick an Earth woman and she will marry one of us whether she likes it or not. Not yeah. the right to like date Earth women. Was like, is this right? Yeah, like are they? Are they going to date them? I was like, is there consent here? And then, like, as they keep going, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. They're like, no we've consent. got five picked out at, so, at some point coming up here. We've got yeah. five picked out, but yeah, we've yeah, already like, got worry. three of them. We've already taken three of them. Yeah. And don't worry, we're pacifists. <laughs> they mentioned that the exposure to strontium-90 has caused a lot of birth defects, so they need to mate with Earth women. So. Nobody addresses this issue of what do you mean your DNA is fully compatible with ours and you can just mate with our women? That's kind of a big deal. Get the fuck out of here, creepo. It's creepy, but it's also an important scientific discovery that we are compatible with these aliens, that we can breed with these aliens. They're, you know, uh, there's an explanation that needs to be looked at. How how did are we in outpost two? Uh, you know, did Mysterians come here long ago? Are just all life forms of a certain type able to interbreed? You know, that it's a they just gloss right over that. Nobody lots of questions. Lots nobody of addresses questions. that at all. Uh, and Joji asks, "Are you blackmailing us?" I don't think it's blackmail technically. That's when they say we are pa- we are pacifists yeah. as one of them at that moment, is holding a gun on them. I don't think they understand what the word pacifist means. Pacifist does not mean we'd prefer not to fight, but we're perfectly willing to fight if we have to. Pacifist certainly doesn't mean a preemptive strike with our giant death bug robot. Yeah, yeah, they've already made threats, and one of them at that moment is pointing a gun at them. So, not pacifists. Uh, The meeting is over. And then we cut to an Earth meeting with lots of press. And some guy says, we must show them how determined we are. Please act according to the schedule we have set, which we didn't see that happen. So I don't know what it is. And I think, is it a news guy that's telling us emergency Mysterian countermeasures forces are gathering at Mount Fuji? Mm -hmm. And then the ladies are watching TV and Joji comes in. And they want to know if it's hopeless. And he talks about the mystery. And he's, he, yeah, he's like, oh, by the way, they want to kidnap you. 
Yeah, mysterious want to marry the women of Earth, and you are on the list. <laughs> and she's like, "Stop teasing us." Uh, yeah, they don't believe him, and then a voice says, "It's true," and it's Sarashi from the TV, dressed like a Mysterian. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he's gone over to the other side. So it seems that they never really fully explain this, but it appears that no. But I felt like it was weird that he was dead, yeah. and then like I was like, "There's no well, way it he's appear- dead." Yeah. Like, so it appears that during the fire, they must have come along and taken him, or he ran, or he ran, Snatched or he bumped into them, or something. A gay Mysterian was like, <laughs> "Hey, we're gonna still feed your women, but uh, I'm in a yeah. dude." I guess so. So, um. I mean, they do have fabulous capes. So, so he, but he wants them to stop them. They only want a small portion of land. And they ask, are you on their side? And he says that Japan is behind America technologically, but the Mysterians are way ahead of everyone. Just look at me in this TV. And, yeah. And, and just, but just turn on the TV whenever you want to talk to me. So, <laughs> yeah. If you need me, yeah. turn on the TV anytime. Right. Does that mean that? If, Anytime they turn on the TV, he's going to pop up and they'll be like, no, no, I just I just wanted to catch the the baseball scores. I didn't mean to summon you <laughs> merely by turning on the television. And is it only this television or any television? Are you just constantly looking to see if I'm near a television? <laughs> I don't know. All do I have to be thinking about you when I do it? Or is it indeed anytime I turn on any television, are you just going to be there? Oh, these are valid yeah. questions. Um, but Joji tells Dr. Adachi that uh, Sarashi is in the dome and we're ready to attack. Attack Cut music. to the dome rising. I, the dome seems to go up and down, but uh, why? I don't know why it goes up and comes back down or goes down and comes back up. But it rises up and it's looking very red now. And it's kind of, it's weird. It's like the dome knows, oh, they're ready to attack. Let me put on my red fighting glow and go up so I can be attacked. (laughs) Uh, Tanks shoot, cannons shoot, planes take off, and we get a combination of toys and stock footage. But none of it has any effect. The, The three saucers engage the airplanes and a plane is shot down. And the dome starts shooting lightning rays at the plane. Uh, later, they call them heat rays, but they kind of look like lightning. And the ray also makes a tank melt. Yeah, it starts like melting all and the And the saucers shoot energy balls, kind of like the robot did at the plane, and it crashes. And the dome is just shooting, shooting shit up. <laughs> and one tank, the effects so far have been pretty good, but we get kind of a bad effect here. One tank mm-hmm. is sucked into the ground, and we're cutting between a guy, a person on a tank, and a toy <laughs> tank. And the image compositing or chroma key or whatever it is they've done with the real person, all of these old movies seem to have a real problem with this in that the person becomes transparent or Mm semi-transparent. So we get a little bit of that problem here with the tank. I did like this, though, like the tank flush, like basically the ground just like flushed it like a toilet. That part looks good. It was just when they're trying to show a real person on a real tank that it looked bad. Yeah. Yeah, And then there's another meeting where they talk about the heat beam weapon radiating incredibly powerful x-rays. 10,000 rays per hour? I don't even know what that means. The, I, I, don't, I don't 
can you number x-rays the number of x-rays it can i don't know i don't understand what they mean by that i have no idea Ten thousand individual rays per hour how long are the rays i don't know but it has the destruct the destructive potential is 10 to the power of 27 or 10 to the 27th power of of what the that doesn't didn't seem to mean anything. Ten what? Ten I was just what? Like, Ooh, damn! Yeah, <laughs> it sounds big, sense. but a <laughs> ten what? But it's equal to the Great uh, Kanto Quake of 1923. Mm-hmm. Then the saucers run around, fly around, making announcements. They decide to take their message to the people and tell the general public that we won't attack if you don't attack, and we want land in a three-kilometer radius. They're hoping for peace. We're we're hoping for peace. There's a army guy, almost totally wiped out. Uh, I guess he's telling us the army was almost totally wiped out. Yeah, he's saying yeah because they've already melted and like got all the jets and tanks yeah. and they've already fucked everything. Yeah. So up. So the mostly. science division is holding a conference to assess the situation. Yeah, I really like this speech too in this like conference when he talks about like humanity having to unite. And he's like saying like it would be silly to think that all they want is land. Like that's yeah. stupid. Obviously that's not what they're here for. So we have to like unite now. This is what has to happen. I thought that was it was well, good. he's right. Like but that. also they told us they want more than land. They want our women as well. They want our women. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some army guys discussing options and there's an electron gun that's been proposed by the junior staff. By all means, let's uh, get that idea from the junior staff into production. Well, fuck yeah. I mean, whoever, anybody. Uh, I just thought it was odd that they mentioned it came from the junior staff. Newspapers, again, with no translation, but one of them is in French. And I was able to work out that it meant uh, our Mysterians' enemies or allies. And then there's an English one that says, Mm -hmm. focus is on UN conference. And then we get to the conference uh humanity mm-hmm. must unite if these establish a a foothold others will follow they don't know that there are others but or maybe they just mean other mysterians and they must want oh yeah this is what what you were saying must want more than a small amount of land and then mysterians go over a blueprint of something that will be ready in 500 hours and once yeah. it's complete, it's a huge earth yeah. butt plug. Of once some it sort. is complete, all of Eastern Japan will be under our control. That doesn't seem like a whole lot. I mean, compared <laughs> to the planet, I mean, just <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, okay? <laughs> you gotta start off small, but uh, first yeah. three kilometers, and then all of Eastern Japan, and tomorrow, <laughs> then a general meets with the Americans and the dubbing results in some redundant translation going on <laughs> what do you mean because the americans are speaking english and the japanese guys are dubbed so they are also speaking english so the american says something and then the translator repeats the same thing also in english to the <laughs> japanese guys <laughs> yeah that's funny may i introduce you general morita How do you do, General? Uh, General, you've no doubt heard that the United States has launched an artificial satellite in Arizona to watch the Mysterians. We expect to receive valuable information. Uh, The United States has launched 
an artificial satellite to observe the Mysterians. Yes. Expect some valuable information soon. Somebody says, hey, you know uh, Sarashi? Yeah, yeah, I know him. Uh, you want to speak to him? Watch this. Watch this little magic trick. And he turns on the TV. And there's some kind of little magic show going on. And then Sarashi interrupts it. And they ask him, aren't you ashamed? Because clearly he's some kind of traitor. Are you ashamed of yourself? And he says, I'm a scientist. And Mysterians <laughs> want to stop us from atomic or can't leave Earth to the humans. Uh, well, I mean, that it's it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fucking true. It's true, but I don't want to leave it to the Mysterians either. I don't trust the curse. Sure. I mean, totally. <laughs> uh, and they have a space station 49,000 kilometers above Earth with total control over the airspace. Who will rule Earth? Mankind? Mysterians? No. Science. And then he, and then he signs <laughs> off. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> 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 science can't rule earth science is a process for gaining information and testing theories it can't rule anything science it sounded rules. good when he said it but it doesn't make any damn sense uh and the americans say as americans are wont to do say we must fight next we go to the defense force defense force of earth headquarters uh oh by the way i meant to mention this the japanese title is literally translated as earth defense force chikuyu boagun boagun so uh, in japan it's not called the mysterians it's called earth defense force so the focus is more on the earth part of the movie rather than oh. the alien part of the movie yeah and wow. a bunch of generals from various countries arrive Big meeting, a map, a UN flag, a diagram. All the things. Yeah. The dome is immobile, heat, but the heat ray is weaker at a, as distance increases. Mysterians are probably also vulnerable to the heat ray, so we will make our own. And then we cut to the dome rising, and there's some army guys in a bunker waiting, and a big-ass plane-slash-rocket thing that they've built off camera just does a vertical takeoff <laughs> yeah i have to say too like this is obviously a toy of some sort like they obviously built this and we've had so much like stock footage in this movie that this part <laughs> just looked like shit and i'm not complaining because like this movie rocks <laughs> balls but just this part like was like I was like, oh, come on. Because, you right. know, it's obviously a toy. And when you go from, like, stock footage to this, like, little toy, it's... Yeah. We've seen lots of... You've shown us a lot of real planes, and now here's a toy plane. I just thought it was weird that it <laughs> yeah. just takes off, you know, just rises up with no mean, visible yeah. means of propulsion. Uh, in the bunker, the guys say, what's that? Uh, it's Earth Force. Goggles on to Earth. Rocket circle dome at three kilometers. Saucers incoming. Begin the attack. Initiate the attack. Bomb the dome. And we hear the same attack music. And then the, the bunker seems to be too close to the dome, though, because the bunker takes a hit when they start attacking the dome. Mm -hmm. uh, continue your attack. Dome heat ray blows up the rocket. 3,000 degree heat ray didn't work. 
work. Cease fire, return yep. to base. I wrote that. I wrote that down. Cease fire, return to base. And then the guys from the bunker are moping, <laughs> and then they hear something from below. Some dude tells the general something must be done about the heat ray. Loading electron gun on the onto the plane is the only issue. They talk about this electron gun, but I don't think they ever actually use it. I don't know what the point of the electron gun is. I don't think it ever gets deployed. Right? Uh, I think it does. I don't think it does. Yeah. Because uh, it like reflects. No, that's the a different. That's a different brain. weapon altogether. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Then no, I don't know that. Uh, the Mysterians now say they will occupy an area of 75 kilometers in radius, and any Earthlings entering it will be removed by force. And then we get another Earthling meeting where they talk about H-bombs under no circumstances. The that they say this is I think this is part of just being Japanese. They just have a aversion to H-bombs because they, they just hmm. reject that outright and they don't want to suffer the same fate that befell the Mysterians because they destroyed them. Mm -hmm. H-bomb. And one of the Americans comes in with a very odd dubbed voice and is like, good news, I've got blueprints for a, oh my for a new machine. This, <laughs> this guy's voice, because it's like an older yeah. gentleman, but then the voice is like a very like Sounds like a teenage very high pitch yeah hey everybody it's so funny hey again <laughs> yeah and he does also also just doesn't sound like a general or a scientist he just sounds like hey gang let's go down to the soda shop for some pops <laughs> and i have blue blueprints for a new machine yeah. you're gonna love it um so yeah he, he doesn't <laughs> he he's not talking about the um electron gun he's talking about this new thing this markalite markalite five Markalite and the oh the blue okay, ray, yeah. the, the blue yeah that's what I was talking blue, about blue ray. the blueprints say appear to say <laughs> Markalite flying atomic heat projector uh they want to build a lens two hundred meters in radius that will reflect energy rays and produce its own powerful ray when they use it later it just seems to be producing its own ray we don't really see it reflecting the other ray yeah. Because I thought that was a clever idea, but then they end up not really doing much of that. Uh, it's 1.5 kilometers in range, so you're saying we got to get it close? <laughs> yes. If that's the range. You got to get it within that range. That's what range means, army guy. Uh, it'll be destroyed before we can set it up. And where do we make that and how do we move? Where do we make them and how do we move them? <laughs> Jesus, this part just uh, killed me. We'll hold a conference to discuss this. Aren't you holding a conference right now? <laughs> just discuss it now. All the relevant people are already in the room. <laughs> Work it out now. What the fuck are you waiting for? Let's form a committee to discuss forming a committee. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Uh, but then we see them loading stuff, big United States Air Force plane, planes, and shots of the Defense Force plane or rocket or whatever it is. They're, they've got more than one of these rocket things that we saw shot down 
earlier. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, we get the the lamest kidnapping ever. Oh Two gosh. saucers just halted midair, which they oh, find alien saucers. They can do that. And it's Atsuko and Hiroku are setting the table and a Mysterian drops in. He just sort of lowers in on a wire or something <laughs> and just grabs Hiroko while uh, Atsuko's in the other room. Just grabs Hiroko, who puts up no resistance. She just kind of sort of instantly faints. Doesn't even scream. No, she doesn't scream. She doesn't try to run. She doesn't fight back. She just sort of faints right into his arms and he drags her off. Straight jacks yeah. her ass. And then some guys are, I didn't realize at first they're arriving at the house. That's why they were setting the table. So, and then mm-hmm. Atsuko comes in looking for Hiroko. And then another guy, a guy levitates up into the ship. Outside, we see him levitating up into the ship with Hiroko. And a second guy grabs Atsuke and just as the door opens and the older woman, I think we saw her earlier in a scene, uh, an older woman with the people that just arrived come in in time to see her float away. And they quickly yell, don't shoot, because it might hit her, and report this and the saucers fly off. Um, another meeting, Mysterian Fortress nearing completion. No time left to waste. The electron guns aren't ready. We only can only use the Markolite 5. See, why did they even bring up the electron? They weren't going <laughs> to weren't going to use them. It seems like they should have at least like at the last minute. Hey, we got one of those electron guns ready. Here we come. But nope, we should use both. But no, can't wait. Evacuate everyone within 500 kilometers of the site. And then we get another evacuation scene. I, honeybee, I had this idea that we should make up, uh, like bingo cards for these movies. Oh, maybe we'll do some and uh, put them up on the web somewhere you can download and play with your friends when you watch. But evacuation would definitely be one of the squares on the bingo card. Hell yes, it could be a few. Actually, well, you'd want to. I think the way if you were going to actually play it, you'd have the same items but in different order. To, to determine right, whether or not you course. got bingo. But yeah, one of them would be evacuation. One would be film presentation. One would be lady scientist. One would be the Kong in the window. Yes. Yep. That's I was working on earlier today, and Kong window was one of the squares. Uh, so there's evacuation yes. going on. Joji and the doctor uh, say that rescuing the ladies is almost impossible. And, oh, God damn it, Joji, again, withholding vital information, says, when we were hiding, <laughs> I found a tunnel to the dome. What? This kid. I wrote it all, all capitals. What? Exclamation point. God damn it, Joji, we could have attacked that way. They could have sent troops in through that tunnel and attacked them from within. What the actual fuck, yeah. Joji? God, this guy's stupid. Didn't you learn oh, your lesson? So the first stupid. Time? And then an extra goofy <laughs> rocket takes off. <laughs> and the dome rises. And Joji uncovers the tunnel. And the dome shoots at the rocket. And the goofy rocket deploys the Markalite 5 things that look like satellite dishes. They mm-hmm. uh, 
he he sort of he deploys them from the they deploy them from the rocket and they kind of land and open up in their satellite dishes and somebody orders to give them the ray and there's a lot of shooting back and forth the saucers land in the the little saucers that've been flying around land in the lake for some reason joji's in the tunnel rays shooting missiles shooting <laughs> as easily as the women went down when they were kidnapped this mysterious guard that Joji encounters in the tunnel or just outside the tunnel. Yeah. So could he, I, I wrote like, did he kiss him to death? Like he yes. just like dipped him. Like he like danced with him and like dipped him. And then like, it was weird. Yeah. Like, I wrote a Joji awkwardly subdues guard and takes gun. And <laughs> the, the Markalite five dishes slowly move closer. They have some sort of, uh, treads or something they every now and then they move a little bit closer and inside the dome the mysterians run around joji's sneaking around he forces a guy to tell him where the women are and then a, a yellow guy comes into the women holding pen and says follow me hurry uh then there's more ray stuff dishes get closer rockets there's rockets and dome shoots let's see dome, oh, dome shoots earth ship but it doesn't seem to affect it and it went down, I think it's the same type of ship that went down pretty easy earlier, but now it seems to be bouncing off of it. And World Air Force Beta is the name of the ship. The power's dropping 20 minutes left, so these Markalites can only shoot for a limited amount of time. Uh, more rockets, more rays. Mm -hmm. And then the dome starts lowering and rising back up. It starts kind of going up and down, behaving kind of erratically. Mm -hmm. uh, number two beta take off now we ain't ready and <laughs> the dome's going up and down more markalites don't seem to be doing much reflecting i wrote dome looks like it's on fire and the mysterians say stop mm -hmm. or we will retaliate haven't they been retaliating already i don't know what they're threatening to do yeah. that they haven't already uh and they tell the mysterians we'll stop but you must leave earth and the red guy raises his hand and something starts churning up in the lake and a water spout hits the dish and starts flooding into the, the valley. Toy, the toy town. Yes, wipes out the toy village. Uh, number two beta exclamation point. So I guess it's getting closer. Inside the dome, Joji just starts shooting up machines and it's, uh, it's fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> and the guards come in and oh no his gun is out of energy and he's captured and then a yellow a yellow guy yeah. takes charge of him and uh the beta ship is taking off now mysterians stumble around in the break room and the yellow guy takes joji to the tunnel where the women are waiting and says uh take them and escape and at this point hiroko realizes that it's ryoshi and he says, I don't intend to return. Give uh, the the doctor the rest of my report. I've finished my research. If this fortress is completed, a, a, what? A press of a button. Oh, if this fortress is completed, a press of a button could destroy Tokyo. And he okay. says he was tricked. And I still have work left to do. Goodbye. Uh, as they're leaving, he keeps yelling at them. As he exits down the hallway, <laughs> yeah, this yelling, is escape quickly! It's gonna explode soon. Yeah, yeah, the last for the earth. Say like he just 
<laughs> just in the distance. He's yelling, don't miss your science. <laughs> Escape quickly. This place will explode soon. The Mysterian's tragedy is a lesson for the Earth. No matter what, you mustn't misuse science. The Earth must not repeat the Mysterian's tragedy. <laughs> and then you stand there listening for a while as he makes his exiting speech. And then they finally GTFO. Uh, so the... <laughs> The beta ship is flying over energy. I find it odd they call it beta when there's not an alpha or gamma. I don't know. <laughs> One minute left. Prepare to fire. Target locked. And the Mysterian, the Mysterians are in a tizzy, I wrote. And then, so, so here we get a glimpse of, I guess, another one of the robots, something drills up from under the Markolite dish uh, as the beta is firing, and the dish collapses, and it looks like it collapses on top of another robot that was actually using its drill-shaped mm -hmm. nose to drill under the dish. Uh, I just thought it was odd that they didn't give us a clearer look at that and uh, make it more obvious that they had multiple robots. Uh, Ryochi mm -hmm. shoots up a bunch of guys and machine beta fires, shit blows up, retreat to the station, and then the Mysterians kind of casually stroll out of the break room. <laughs> yeah, they have no, like, get up and go. And, and, I don't know why they're They should have been like moving that. more quickly because Ryochi starts to shoot them in the back, but then he doesn't. He, like, takes the... Is it is, is is it is it not uh Shirashi? Uh, that's his first name. Ryoshi is his, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's my bad. I was like, wait a second. Sorry. Uh but okay. yeah, he acts like he's gonna shoot these guys in the back as they casually stroll out, but then he doesn't. Uh the beta ship fires, more ship blows up. Joji and the ladies are just coming out of the tunnel and they see saucers fly, and the beta shoots some of the saucers down. And uh, Dr. Adachi says, they're trapped in space for eternity. We must learn from their error and never repeat. Some saucers get away to the space station. <laughs> but then we, some, do they tell us this or show us that? Anyway, observation, yes, I think Adachi tells us. Observation satellites are up there to ensure, no, no, I think it's, it's Joji, isn't it? Somebody tells us that observation satellites are up there to ensure that the Mysterians never return. Although it's implied oh, that they yeah. are just trapped on their own satellite. So I don't know if they're just going to starve to death up there. What they could probably do is sneak down on their saucers and then just blend in. Just rather than taking over the Earth, just change clothes and blend in with society and settle down and have a nice life and, you know, <laughs> mate with an earthling the hard way. <laughs> Earth girls are easy. But, uh, but the, you know, the, the hard way by getting them to actually like you first that are just kidnapping them. <laughs> so that was the Mysterians from 1957. The Mysterians! How many stars? Are you gonna give them? I I quite liked it. Same, yeah. Uh, three and a half, maybe. Okay, 
Hell yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. Uh, maybe like a four point five because I want to be stingy with my fives. And also, I feel like I can't give this a five because the kaiju just wasn't like good enough. Like, yeah, not enough of it. Yeah, not enough. None of kaiju. I mean, it's not their not it's not their fault. They totally no. It was great. weren't They didn't. They didn't submit it to us for consideration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Folks, we will be back next time with Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Uh, we're moving out of 1957 into 1958 with Attack. Oh, shit. Is it from 58? Uh, uh, yeah, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Yay! Goodbye, 1957. Until then, remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And don't miss you, science! <laughs> and we will not see you but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go you've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go if you enjoyed the show please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.